Welcome to Building Sustainability Podcast with me, your host, Jeffrey Hart, aka Jeffrey the Natural Builder. Every fortnight, join me as I talk to designers, builders, makers, dreamers and doers, exploring the wide world of sustainability in the built environment by talking to wonderful people who are doing excellent things. Hello and welcome to this episode 100 of the Building Sustainability Podcast. Uh, so for episode 100, I wanted to do something a little bit different and I wanted to answer the question that I get most often asked. Uh, and that is, how do I become a natural builder or how do I get into the industry or something along those lines? Because it is a slightly, it's a slightly obscure path, I think. It's quite a, a new industry and as such, there isn't an NVQ or something like that the more sort of traditional vocational skills route. So I've asked a few of my wonderful friends to help guide you into this wonderful industry. Uh, some of these friends will be familiar to you if you already listened to the podcast. Uh, there is a couple of new ones as well. Before we get into the podcast proper, there is a bit of news. Um, it's taken four years of this podcast. In that time, we've had a hundred main episodes, eight bite-sized episodes, a total of 81 guests. And to date, there have been 220,000 downloads of the podcast. So I wanted to thank everyone that's ever listened, everyone that's ever shared an episode, all of the guests. Oh my goodness, this wouldn't be anything without the guests who have kindly shared their, their wisdom and experience. Also want to thank the patrons. There are 102 patrons. Uh, they support this podcast financially and we have some new patrons to thank. Can you hear those crows? I think they're jackdaws actually. Hmm. Uh, so we have got Pico who's on the spoon level. Uh, thank you very much Pico. Elizabeth. Oh my goodness Elizabeth. She's increased her amount uh elizabeth that really means a huge amount and james ramskier gardener james did i say your name right i met james at the woodland pioneers event last september very lovely chap i look forward to catching up with him again soon and i will be sending him a bowl that i have turned on the pole lathe because i've got a few of those available for the new patrons Recently, lots of people have been saying to me, oh, I always meant to become a patron, but I never got around to it. Um, so if that is you, then why not celebrate episode 100 by treating yourself to over 10 hours of bonus content. That includes unreleased episodes. It includes a tour of my tiny house. Uh, it includes loads of snippets um, from guests, stuff that didn't quite make the cut for the main episode, but was valuable nonetheless. Yeah, give yourself a little treat and help me make more podcasts. Please don't forget that this is a monthly billing and don't do it if you can't afford it. Definitely feel free to cancel. Please don't put yourself in any kind of financial hardship. Before we get into the podcast, I just want to tell you quickly about some exciting developments that are happening in Nettlecombe, which is where I live. Uh, we are beginning the construction of the Nettlecombe Craft School. That's a working title. We might change that. 
last week we were down in Dorset. We went to visit Anthony Brown, who uh, has been coppicing chestnut down there. We went and we picked out some poles that we are going to make our workshop from in the woods here. It was a beautiful, beautiful couple of days uh, peeling the logs right in the coppice. So where the trees grew, uh, they've been cut back and where they'll grow again uh, the same the same tree from the same rootstock it's a pretty magical cycle that as anyone who's listened to the episodes i did on coppicing around october 2022 you'll know that it's actually a boost to biodiversity and doesn't deplete soil health or any of the other negatives that sometimes come with uh, sort of commercial forestry so yes exciting times ahead we will begin building our workshop in about a month, um, you can follow along uh, on Instagram. Uh, we are there with netokum underscore craft underscore school. So go and have a look. There's a couple of videos about the process thus far, although we haven't done too much. So don't expect loads. Being that this is a special 100th episode, in case you'd missed that detail, um, if I've been organised, I will have put out some graphics to celebrate the 100th episode if you see one of those on any of the social medias it would be incredible to me if you shared that to your followers uh maybe with a little comment just saying your favorite episode and a reason why they should listen to this podcast it really really means a huge amount to me and we see a massive boost in uh, in listenership every time someone shares all right on with the podcast Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay, let's introduce the All-Star Natural Building team. So my name is Becky Little and I am a builder with Earth mainly, uh, but more recently I'm an artist. I, I think I do more art than building now and I also teach Earth and Fibre skills. Hi, my name is Jules. 
I am the co-founder and director of Kind Construction and Kind Supply. My name is Em. Um, I'm a builder. Uh, I have a sole trader business, um, which I just call M Appleton. My name is Dylan Walker, and I'm a forever learning natural builder. I've been running Built by Artisans for about 10 years and involved in natural building for 16 years. So my name and job title, William Stanix, and my job title, uh, well, I call myself a natural builder, but my mum doesn't like that. <laughs> she thinks it doesn't do it justice. But I work in the natural building industry and I design buildings and build buildings and sell products and make products. Nice. What a brilliant bunch of builders and artists. So we'll begin by finding out how they got into their particular industry. It's a long time ago now, but back in the 90s, I i mean, I came from uni and did do things like archaeology and geography and French, which is all super relevant to all the things I've done. But mainly it was because I met a builder at university. Tim Meek was his name. He was a fabulous guy that taught me a lot about Lyme. And at the same time, I had an internship with Historic Environment Scotland. So I came through a sort of heritage skills route and um, became a specialist in Lyme. Set up in business, ooh, I think I was in my mid-twenties, so I was fairly naive, didn't know much, thought I knew much but knew nothing, and then continued to learn, still learning now. I started my journey into sustainable building in more of a conventional way. I went to college as a brickwork apprentice. That's where I first discovered lime mortar. I was fascinated the fact that we could build a wall one week, take that wall down, reuse that mortar mix the following week to start a whole new project. From that, started doing a bit more research into lime, kind of found the benefits of it. When I was qualified, kind of went my own way and started looking more into doing heritage and conservation projects. I was fortunate enough to live in a conservation area. So a lot of the brickwork and masonry is all lime-based mortars. After discovering the benefits of lime, I kind of went down a bit of a rabbit hole in what other natural and sustainable materials were available, found hempcrete, kind of had my hempcrete moment. That really got me thinking, why aren't all houses built out of natural, regenerative, bio-based materials? So new here, I really wanted to do something different. I love building, love my job, didn't like the industry. I'd seen a lot of it and seen some great things, saw some awful things, awful practices which were really damaging to human health and to the planet as a whole. Um, and that led me to starting Kind Construction. Um, so my route into sustainable construction... Um Basically, I suppose I kind of wheedled my way in by using what I already knew to try and get as close to construction and the building site as possible. So I was in, um, I used to do education based training work for adults and for kids um, and also had a good, pretty good grounding in admin stuff. So I first of all got myself a job at Hackney City Farm because I knew that they were building, doing a straw bale building uh, in the fairly near future. 
And they just did loads and loads of exciting building stuff. And they were really open to people just getting involved. So, yeah, I worked for them and um, helped to manage the um, construction of the their straw bale building in the end, which was brilliant. And we had loads of volunteers. And I did some of the building <clears throat> myself, which was really great. And they were they were just so supportive of it being an experiment and the main purpose of the build was for the learning rather than for the end product even though something did have to exist at the end they were they were really focused on um yeah the, it all the people involved getting something out of it and um moving on in whichever way they wanted to so it was i felt yeah super lucky to be part of that and while i was doing that we had Amazon Nails, um, which they were then called um, and existed as a training um, and construction company specialising in straw bale building. So they came on as consultants and they came and delivered courses for us. So I met Barbara and B through that and um, <clears throat> just got to be friends and did as much as possible um, to work with them and eventually ended up moving up to Todmorden to have a job at Amazon Nails um, again in the office <laughs> but still getting closer to the building site and I started delivering straw bale building courses for them as well as uh, managing the office um, and uh, yeah getting more a little bit more hands-on work um, and started taking on a few of my own little jobs as well. And then after I left Amazon Nails, um, I then, um, after a while, went to, I did some more volunteering projects, but then ended up getting onto the um, building craft apprenticeship with the Princess Foundation. And that was basically meant that I could go after that program I could go full-time as a builder and I worked for other companies for a little while but then really quickly moved to setting up um, on my own with my own clients and that was really because I was just couldn't deal with the culture on the building site myself it was really getting me down I couldn't handle the way that I was being treated the sexism and the homophobia I was re receiving and also uh, a real lack of care which I was experiencing for each other but also for the job like I really desperately cared and wanted to do the job and I was found myself a lot of the time with people who just weren't enjoying the work didn't want to be there and in an environment which really fostered not giving a shit um and also not giving a shit, not giving a shit about the work and not giving a shit about each other. Um, so, yeah, I quickly partnered with some other people and had got my own clients um, again on a project by project basis. So not setting up a business business together, but um, doing some work together. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, like, well, I suppose the rest is history. I've now been working with my own clients for um about seven years uh five, yeah six seven years um and uh have fully focused really on now pretty much solely on renovation of older properties doing a lot of line work 
um, carpentry, anything that's required um, to bring back uh, uh, older buildings to work um, for the yeah for our modern lives. I've been in the construction industry most of my adult life. It was an industry where people didn't seem to care about the environment and people. It is a throwaway culture. I knew that something had to change. I was unhappy. I wasn't looking to change my career at this point. I just needed to have something different to look forward to. So I booked myself on a roundwood timber framing course in the woods with the man himself, Ben Law. It was a four-day course. The course was a change that I needed. I loved the laid-back environment, working as a team with nice people, the sitting around a fire and cooking, the peace and quiet, not only in the evenings, but whilst we were working too. I applied to Ben's Woodland Apprenticeship Scheme, living and working in the woodland for the coppice season, adding value and understanding the role woodlands have in our lives. I was accepted. I handed my notice in and began my new life. It was very humbling that first season, cutting short and long rotation sweet chestnut, meeting head foresters of the local estates. But my main drive was to round with timber frame. Ben decided that he wanted to scale back on building projects. I loved my new working life. There was still so much to learn and I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Built by Artisans was born. To date, we haven't built the same thing twice. Each building we have created is truly bespoke. We love building beautiful buildings that are created with natural building materials. My route into sustainable construction was I did a degree in building surveying and I had a really cool lecturer there called Dennis Wilkinson and he was really inspiring and really he loved old buildings and sustainable building and they two kind of go side by side. So... He encouraged me to look at sustainable construction during my degree. And um, when I got my degree, I would design little extensions and stuff for people and garden buildings in natural materials. And I could never really find anyone to build them. So I kind of just did it myself um, and absolutely loved it. All right. So I'll add to that. Uh, a brief summary of my route into whatever it is that I do. I began by doing a degree in product design. I actually did industrial design, which is like product design, but kind of more more involved in the how the the product works. By the end of that degree, I think I'd lost the love for product design. I became a graphic designer, did that for about five years. Lost the love for that. Uh, went to Canada, became a snowboard instructor. Definitely kept the love for teaching. Uh, that has been a theme throughout all of the the following work I've done. I travelled around Canada. I found people that had built their own houses. Was incredibly inspired. And found myself uh, an immersive build course. That was at a place called Aprovecho. If you've listened to the episode with Alex Gibbons he and I first met there we both did our training together and that was a seven week introduction course where we built a small house using straw bale timber framing earth floors cob all all the kind of different processes to make a a building um from there I so I spent two years at Aprovecho I hung around after the course had finished uh got involved with finishing the build that we'd started 
uh, and then proceeded to sort of hang around even more um, for some some further further stuff they did there. Spent about two years there. And then I went to uh, Community Rebuilds, which is in Utah. That is building straw bale houses for low-income families. Definitely worth checking out if you would like to to get into this industry and you live certainly in the States. At some point, I realized I had to come home. So I found the Prince's Foundation course, and I really wanted to use that as a stepping stone. I'd met lots of people in the North American natural building scene. Uh, didn't really know anyone in the UK, uh, but knew that I wanted to be in the UK. Um, so kind of used the, the Prince's Foundation as, as that as an introduction to lots of, of people. After the Prince's Foundation, I kind of spent my time sometimes building festivals, sometimes being a plasterer, sometimes building straw bale houses with the School for Natural Building. Um, for that time, I was very much just getting by, getting my head around being self-employed and doing a lot of work, which wasn't necessarily within my where I wanted to be, um, but it was construction work. So I was hands-on, I was on tools, I was learning how things went together as observing details that I liked and some that I didn't. And slowly over time, I dropped out the stuff which wasn't interesting or kind of focused in the right area uh, and kept going with the the bits. So yeah, I I did a lot of lime plastering. Whenever I could, I did clay plastering. Uh, I was doing occasional earthen floors at that point. Yeah. Um, And I suppose eventually that culminated with starting Heartwin uh we talked about that in the very first episode nice to go full cycle uh did heartwin for three or four years uh three really great straw bale buildings um and now i'm doing whatever it is i do now hmm which is some sort of hodgepodge of all of those things but whatever it is it's always with the the moral focus of natural materials trying to be as sustainable as possible. Uh, Let's get back to the others. What advice would you give to anyone wanting to get into this industry? If you can get yourself on building sites um, and you can get some trial skills or, you know, depending on what material you're using, some tool skills and just become good at it. It takes years, to be fair. It's um, It's not quick and sometimes it's quite boring, but... Yeah, I think just graft away. Don't expect things too quickly, but also just know that if you put in the time and you become good at things, then soon, sooner or later you are useful to people. And um, equally, if you are someone that is able to get out and meet people, networking, social media, create blogs, go to conferences, try just, you know, find ways to meet similar people doing what you do which is a lot of fun, to be honest, anyway. And the the natural building world is, um, I would say it's a pretty friendly place, having been in the more conventional side of construction too. And the to be honest, the lime, the lime tribe are a friendly bunch too. And um, yeah, get out. And yeah, if you can help people on sites in different parts of the world, different parts of the country, that's all really positive too. That that experience stands you in really good stead because you see different ways of doing things, and there are many, many different ways of doing things. That's for sure. 
We'll be back after a quick break. If you're looking for all things BMX racing, you found the right podcast. Here at Lane 8 BMX Podcast, I'll speak to the local racer, the national racer, and even the Olympic level racer. I'm talking kids to the weekend warriors and much more. So get comfortable, turn up the volume, and remember to snap on green. The best advice I could give anybody wanting to get into the sustainable building industry Of course, first of all, listen to the Building Sustainability podcast. And from there, just really do your homework. Um, Read as much as you can. Learn as much as you can. Try and do some training courses. Reach out to some lovely builders doing the right thing. The Building Craft Apprenticeship Programme with the Princess Foundation is incredible. It It was just so wonderful to have that opportunity. So... If if that suits anyone, I would definitely recommend that. Um, and then once once trained, I would really recommend having a really, really strong idea of what it is that you love, what your values are and what, yeah, what matters to you, because the culture of the industry is so incredibly strong. I definitely found myself getting pulled into being a certain way, a very macho way that, that really doesn't suit who I am, but um was happening um because it was so much strong stronger than me <laughs> so i kind of had to pull pull back a little and think to think about what yeah what matters to me what my values are and then i could work from that place um and also there is so much incredible work in this industry and i think um someone said or i can't remember who it was that your no is as sexy as your yes. So just knowing knowing what you love and what you want to do and don't be afraid to niche down to, um, yeah, to, to very particular types of either clients or work so that you can say no and you can specialize because I've definitely found that um, otherwise it, it can all be, get too too general and I can't um can't focus down on the things that give me the most pleasure and also that I can do best for me the best route in are volunteering and training courses this will give you a taste of each discipline and you may find your passion most natural builders try very hard to publicize what they do so google natural builders speak to them trust your heart it's a leap of faith to try something new to try a different way of working Maybe a step back in earnings. Most natural builders do what they do for love, not money. I would say read tons of books. Um, the English Heritage ones are great. Um, James Henderson's book uh, is amazing. There's loads of great books out there, and even the books that aren't so great have pretty pictures um, and are really, you know, inspiring in that way. So, uh, yeah, definitely read tons of books and don't be scared of spending money on them. And, you know, if you spent a hundred pounds on a really decent book, you could, you know, you could be spending two, three, four hundred pounds going on a course plus all the, you know, fuel and stuff to get there. But you know, sometimes you get just as much from a really good book. Uh, also, free things, suppliers info. I used to geek out on suppliers info so much. You know, like go on Cornish Lime's website, Lime Green's website. Um, 
Mike Wise website, Team Owl's website, uh, Heritage Club and Lime do some great ones. They're all free downloads about how to use their products, and obviously their products are sustainable, and it gives you some real, real like it's like it's like books but without all the rubbish. It's real concise, and I used to love. Well, I still do. I, I used to when I started building, I would make little uh, uh, little ring binder files like you have at school with your like revision in and i used to print out all their supplies info and put it in and then put indexes to it and it'd be it'd be like a book and some of them were as good as books uh yeah papers as well scientific papers from you know when you google something you you sometimes get loads of scientific papers come up that people at uni and stuff have done and they're always really interesting and again they're mostly free so um yeah read tons the ones that i read that were the most helpful i uh, probably Trada, the Timber Research and Development Association, they they have a book of details that they, I don't know, it was fourth edition when I did it, but it's probably like eighth edition now. And I just read that and that gave me loads of help. Um, you know, it's basically loads of approved details that, that you can use and a lot of it's just drawings. So that was really useful. And the English Heritage Lime um, book was really good. So another bit of advice for people wanting to get into the industry is um, do stuff for free. Um, it can be as good as going on a course. Um, so like basically uh, one of the first things I did was I built a um, a straw bale studio for a friend. It was a drumming studio and I built it for free. He he paid materials and I put in the labour, me and two friends for free, like I don't know, four weeks labour or maybe a bit more. And we were we learned absolutely tons. We learned about client builder relationships. We learned about detailing. We obviously had to read books to get the right details. We had a wall that went all rotten because the roof leaked, and you know we learned about how to fix things. Um, and it was really really useful. Um, and then after that one, I did a. Uh, extension for somebody no i didn't i did a garden office not for free but for like as cheap as i could possibly do it in terms of labor just to you know get some more experience um and then i did another i did a kitchen extension for another friend again as you know basically at cost price um and after that after those three projects i i'd learned an absolute ton and i was confident to start charging people properly and you know each one didn't take very long um and, you know, you could pay to go on a year's course or two years course or whatever, but you'll learn tons from just doing a project like that for somebody. That is brilliant. Uh, excellent advice there. Um, I guess I sort of wanted to summarize. So uh, heritage skills, heritage is a really great way into the eco building natural materials world because heritage is by definition using natural materials uh, unprocessed no petrochemicals that sort of thing it's also much more established um there are lots of mvqs there are training courses all focused on heritage so it is a great way if you want to learn so doing those training courses but also if you're looking for a job uh you can find yourself someone with heritage in their their business name and you will be doing the similar sort of things and as as becky said you will be getting trowel skills you'll be becoming more knowledgeable of of sort of site appropriate behavior 
um, you'll be seeing practices and processes. Um, so that's a really good way. It is a slightly different mindset, but as I said, there is a big crossover. Um, episode 98 with Marianne uh, is a great example of that crossover if you are interested. Uh, as mentioned, doing courses is a really great way to learn some stuff. In many ways, it's kind of better for the people you meet. And that might be the person that is running the course and you can chat to them. There's quite often, you know, nice long tea breaks on courses like that where you can ask questions. Uh, but also afterwards, don't be afraid to send an email, ask, you know, if ask a question, be interested. Um, you can ask if they've got any projects they need help on. Um, but also I think on courses, the course participants are often really interesting as well. Like most courses I've ever been on, someone is there because they have a project that they're about to do and they want to learn the skills to do it themselves and chat to those people. Ask if you, uh, if you can go along and, and get involved and help out. Um, and this, uh, it sort of leads me on to this, what Will spoke about, about doing work for free. Uh, that makes me feel very uncomfortable to recommend that. Really, I mean, I don't want this to be the best advice that I've got, but getting a van that you can sleep in the back of is probably still the best way to get into like sort of straight natural building um, because there's lots of projects going on that don't have any money to pay. And if you can be self-sufficient, you know, you can turn up and you can, you've got a place to sleep and you can cook yourself a bit of food. Uh, there will be many opportunities for getting hands-on and learning stuff. Um, and all of this stuff, you should be really judicious to document, whether that's a social media account or make a website. I made a website because I was a graphic designer for a while, and that's what got me this stupid name. Uh, but yeah, have a have a log so that people know, you know, when you've completed a project... Uh, say what you did and and let people know that you're you're sort of about and you're interested um as i say i don't like the the i think the that route into the industry of getting a van and going and working for for free or for cheap is i mean it's it's exclusive isn't it um if you've got a family or if you're not so you know, financially able to to just kind of drop everything and go then it's uh it's quite exclusive i think other routes in could be uh going to a more conventional builder uh building company um quite often they will have things like eco or green or ecological or conscious in the company name um, and they, I think they would tend to be more in sort of in cities. I can think of loads in the Bristol area and they will be doing sort of retrofit projects. And if you happen to go along at the right time, or if you keep, keep, uh, sending the occasional message, there might be an opening for a laborer and you can go in and you can get paid from the beginning and with the right attitude. So if you are keen to learn uh, and you're going to work hard, then you know, there will be opportunities to progress, uh, and you know, you'll get on the 
on the tools at some point and you can make yourself more and more helpful and more and more skilled. Uh, you might end up putting foam insulation on the outside of a building. I mean, that's the sort of the reality uh, is when companies are working for clients, you know, there will be a, a budgetary constraint and not everyone will opt for wood fiber insulation. They might put something rather nasty on it would there's so many transferable skills from that um yeah don't i'd say don't be too snobby it's like that thing as you get more experienced you can phase out the things which aren't completely aligned with with what you want those are my bits of advice i think oh one final thing is just kind of on the the attitude um if you are excited to learn and you ask questions and you know, you spend the tea break saying, yeah, that's interesting. Why have we done that? Or, you know, could we have done this? Think it shows you're interested. It shows and it will show as you as you learn more, those questions will become more involved. Um, so, yeah, definitely be interested. Um, be proactive as well. And I don't just mean in sort of searching out jobs uh, on the building site. And I always said this to everyone at the beginning of a Heartwind build. If you find yourself stood around Sometimes it's not appropriate to ask what you should be doing. Uh, but if whoever your boss is finds you just stood around, then it doesn't look good. Um, there is absolutely always something to tidy. You can sweep up, you can uh, straighten a pile of wood, be busy and you will be an asset to any site you're on. Um, and also just be nice, you know, get on with other people. Don't think that there's anyone below you on the on the, the site. Be nice to everybody. Um, there are people who I have worked with who are very skilled, but not particularly pleasant people to, to be around. And I would choose someone pleasant who has the right attitude over uh, over those sort of more skilled, more difficult people. All right. So that was a long waffle from me. Um, so next up, what is the best bit of advice you have ever received? Hmm. I remember, I think it was Roland Keeble said this to me, about being free with information, not not feeling like you've got secrets, not feeling like you've got to keep it all to yourself to be ahead. I think that's not true. I, you know, I think if you share and you're open and you collaborate, I think other stuff comes your way. It's like a kind of flow of information, a flow of goodwill really believe that because in the early years I was a bit more cagey and felt I had to sort of guard what I knew and I, I just don't think that's healthy and I don't think it gets you more work or more opportunities either. Um, anything else I would say there? I guess there's that thing about being connected with people that's important and um, yeah maybe there's a thing about tradition and the past as well like for me, I'm so interested in old buildings anyway. That's my route into all of this. And I love looking at old stuff and digging around. And we're doing research on Neolithic Orkney just now. And my goodness, it's so, it's extraordinary what folk could do 3,000 years ago. So um, there's a lot to be learned from the old stuff and from the ancestors. And I'm not saying we should be slaves to it. And yes, we have different standards now, but that sort of responsiveness to land and to local diversity um, is is hugely relevant now. So I think it, it's good to uh, make that connection between heritage and sustainability. 
The best bit of advice I've ever received is to live and work in line with your values. We started Kind Construction based on the three core values of positivity, sustainability and kindness. And as long as you stay true to yourself, build in a way that's true to you, I'm sure with meeting the right people, doing your homework, you can carve your own way into the industry. I've received so much amazing advice over the years. Um, I had a brilliant placement um, as part of my apprenticeship with the guy um, there. And he said, he said to me, building is easy. Like it's, it's just a matter of repeating very, very similar um hand movements like so the building work is easy but what's really hard is your approach and that really helped me to one gain confidence because I was really focused on not being good enough at soaring something or you know cutting through a straight line or and and I was no actually that's just a matter of practice I can get that easily and what I want to focus on is how I approach the work. So having more confidence in putting time in advance to get the setup right. So I can be doing these tasks, whether they're repetitive or not, in the most easeful and efficient way. Um, yes, yeah, so when he said that, that really, that really helped me. The other amazing thing about this guy is that he uh, cast a um, molten lead a lion's head for every project that he did and then he um fixed that up with a copper nail inside so kind of hidden inside any work that he did so that it would be discovered potentially in the future which i thought was really really brilliant <laughs> one bit of advice was you're a line worker now go get a van and write line plaster on the side and i took that literally but i think the guy was um taking the mickey because <laughs> i'd just done a course in like a two-day course in line pointing um i forget the guy's name but he's quite a well-known line worker in derbyshire i think he might be retired now and i wish i could remember his name and i did a two i did a two-day course and um at the end of it he was like hey you're a line worker now go get a van and paint it on the side and i think he was joking actually i'm pretty sure he's joking but i i I took him literally and went and bought a van and said i was a line worker so uh yeah maybe try that so i think the best bit of advice i ever received was from yanto evans uh the cob builder and he said the older he gets the longer projects he's willing to take on. And I think at the time he was in his 60s. And he said, nowadays, I think nothing of taking on a project where the payoff won't be for another 20 years. And that really stuck with me. Um, I remember distinctly a conversation when I was in my early 20s with an older chap. Uh, I said to him that, I really wanted to be a carpenter. And this was when I was a, a graphic designer still. I said to him that I really wanted to be a carpenter, but I felt like it was too late now. Uh, and he just laughed directly in my face and told me about how many times he'd changed his career and he'd picked up 
sort of carpentry work much later. And I was, I'd sort of been held back by this idea that anyone who'd been a carpenter since they were 16 or 18 or 20 uh, would be so far ahead of me that I would be, you know, it wasn't even worth me doing it. Um, and I can't believe how wrong I was. Um, I didn't really become a carpenter until maybe into my 30s, early 30s. Yeah, I wish I'd started sooner. It's that phrase, isn't there? Um, when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. Second best time? Right now. Next question for the all-star team is, what is the industry lacking? And this section really was aimed to be for the people already in the industry who might have the opportunity to make it better. There's always been a lack of jobs, actually. I still struggle to train people because I literally don't have enough consistent work to get teams together. Um, maybe less so in, in when I was doing more jobs, but um, yeah, we just we were always doing more lime than we were earth. Earth was a now and again kind of job. Um, so to get a crew together for it was always quite tricky. Um, and then I suppose adding to that, well, if there's not enough jobs, why not? And that's because it's not given the value or the prestige or things aren't costed right, are they? You know, earth buildings seem expensive, but if we cost in the the real costs of, you know, using crap, using horrible, toxic, carbon heavy, non um materials that that create pollution and, and weight you know unhealthy waste if we had the real costs of that to the environment then earth and fiber and all those wonderful materials would do much better so something about accounting and the cost to the future and then i suppose that's an answer for the policymakers and the bureaucrats and to to create a, a more supportive balanced holistic um industry um the other thing that occurs to me is that we need to be better at being uh, multidisciplinary especially in learning and education um actually no in all ways i think there's a thing about we we tend to get stuck in boxes and specialties and and there's a reason for that because that means you can really push your knowledge and expertise down a track but um i just feel like so often we're, we're lacking in the way we join the dots between different perspectives and different ways of working and when we're teaching I love it when I have a range of of specialties in the room so if there's an architect and a surveyor and an engineer and an artist and a writer and a um, a scientist then things get really exciting and people really learn from each other and the solutions the big solutions I think come from this kind of integrated approach um, but actually the thing that's really, really lacking is is on the way, is, is how we put all this into practice. It's the people side. It's how people get along together. It's how, you know, the policymakers work together to allow things to happen. The, the materials and methods to me are the easy bit. It's the um, the system that's a bit broken that needs some serious work. I think what's lacking from the industry at the moment is just readily available access to training courses. 
We need to now focus on teaching natural and sustainable building materials and methods really at apprentice level. The construction industry is an absolutely fantastic industry um, to, to be in and I have met loads and loads of brilliant people here, especially in the sustainable construction industry. Um, and what I haven't, I think what I feel as though has been lacking in my journey as I was going along, um, was, has been mentorship. Um, there are, I think there's a, um, an organization called Built by Us who run a mentorship program now, which is absolutely fantastic. And I think we need more, so much more of that. Um, partly, again, going back to the fact that it is really hard to um, to get by sometimes because of the culture and a culture that doesn't allow us to ask for help Um and uh, share how we're feeling about things and to work for our values rather than for um, the money because the um, profit margins are so incredibly tight um, that it's hard to put the values first sometimes. And I think having a support from a mentorship to come back, constantly come back to what are your values and how is it actually possible to deliver them within the industry and to have that kind of support would make an incredible difference and I've often thought about how much I would love to build that now for myself more peer mentoring uh, which I haven't uh, tried or given to myself but to have peer mentoring or mentoring of as someone who's further along in the industry um could be yeah really really helpful so we're not always like reinventing the same thing that, that other people have done and we can share um yeah share our successes and our failures together so much more what is lacking in the in industry is resources and funding for the trainers and trainees i'm inspired by this industry i'm inspired by natural builders building with their hearts, building holistically and building as a community. Um, what's lacking in the industry to create more or better new builders? I'm not really sure, but maybe uh, respect for the craftsman or like acknowledgement that, that it's a genuine and fulfilling career and not just something you do if you're not academic. You know, when when you're younger, you're always, you know, people say, go to university, do this, do that, do the other but nobody really encourages you to be a builder or to work with natural materials so much. So, um, yeah, maybe a bit more acknowledgement for for the craft. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if natural building could could be in the, um, you know, the Master Craftsman Guild or whatever it's called. But it's certainly something when I did building surveying, I didn't really think of it as a as a career, you know, looking at buildings and stuff. And when I read the course outline, I was like, oh, wow, that sounds really interesting. Um, and I'd certainly never thought, ever thought I'd be a builder, plasterer, anything like that when I was younger, because it wasn't really an option that was given to you. That's brilliant. Uh, final question then is just if there are any more pertinent thoughts on this topic. Oh, yeah. And one last thing I, I wanted to say was this thing about heritage and history and sustainability and how it's to me it's the same narrative 
because there's so much to learn from the past, so many ways of doing things that make sense. Yes, we have to adapt to our modern standards and comfort. And, you know, I'm not saying we all go back to the Neolithic, but actually working, I'm literally working on Neolithic Orkney just now and the incredible responsive, diverse way of working with local materials in, in those sites is just fantastic. And, and there is a lot of lessons we can learn from that. My advice to kind of conventional builders who are wanting to make the swap, it's really, again, just looking into training courses, being bold and brave with your clients, just reaching out to different merchants, finding out some information, just trying to introduce natural materials slowly. Don't try and do it all at once, perhaps. Just see if you can do some insulation swaps, then plaster swaps and... Once you've started working with natural materials, you'll be hooked. I guess don't be scared to get things wrong. Uh, so many people don't want to have a go at stuff because they, they're scared of getting it wrong. But actually, you learn so much when you get something wrong. Um, as long as you, you know, as long as you put it right, uh, you know, don't be scared to get it wrong. But also don't be scared to then put it right. Um, but yeah, you, you learn a lot and don't be scared to ask questions and, and look like you you know, admit that you don't know everything because nobody knows everything. Um, uh, and also maybe go on a normal building site, like a Wimpy's Home building site or something, and you'll see the kind of work that goes on there. And when I first worked on a big site like that, I was like, oh, maybe I am a builder because <laughs> I'm a lot better than these guys. So that's something that boosts your confidence. We have got one final segment for you. Uh, this is a little recording I made with Jules from Kind. You've heard from him already. We got the chance to sit down briefly on a job and just chat through a little bit more. I think it's got some great advice for anyone wanting to get into the industry. So a few of the Kind crew have come from different backgrounds. We've got a potter, who Tom the Pot, who was a very obviously used to working with clay and natural materials um other people come from more traditional building backgrounds kind of found us either through word of mouth or seeing our work on instagram um we've been fortunate enough over the last year or so where we've been in a position where people come directly to us asking for jobs we've not had to advertise a great deal key thing for us is the kind crew having our values so everywhere we go we're very lucky and we get the compliments that either clients or other trade partners that may come to the job always say what a lovely bunch that we have working for us i do remember being on a project and one of the plasterers that came in he actually he helped us with the clay plaster he walked in and just said what an amazing group of smiley, happy builders. Um, and I think that's a really important thing for us, everyone being kind, being positive, and then obviously being sustainable. And a lot of our crew have come in because they've got an interest or a background in sustainability. And then obviously got some building knowledge and some past experience. And then we've helped refine that and helped find their role within the company. And do they just send you an email? Yeah, generally. 
email inquiries at kind construction <laughs> just open the door to a load of emails now yeah we've uh, we've had a few recently we've had a few like really exciting females that have got in touch as well that come from different backgrounds two of which have both come from stage and theatre and are carpenters and are looking to get more into site carpentry and been recommended our company um, also one volunteer from the wood store in Brighton um, she's been passed on our way so it's trying to find um, a right mix of people with great experience like previous experience within building um, because most skills are transferable we're not doing anything completely radical we just use natural insulations rather than synthetic ones um, and carpentry based works generally the same and then the plasterers that have come on with us we had a previous plasterer who very much came from a conventional world i used to work with him at a previous company only ever really used gypsum um he came in and he picked up the skills quite quickly because he already had that real good basic trowel knowledge he started working with lime and clay did a bit of homework we got some other people in we got Will Stanwicks in on a project uh, where Will actually made all the clay, delivered it down to us and then spent the day kind of giving uh, one of our guys a bit of an induction and then just handed over the rest of the job, which was really helpful. And um, much like we're done with you in the air floor, Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get you back for the next one. <laughs> um, so it's sort of like the right mentality is almost more important than... Yeah. Having the right the experience of the natural materials. Yeah. So as long as you've got the right mentality, the right work ethic, and ethos, ethos. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't that the Greek god of uh, <laughs> ethos? <laughs> I live in line with our values and ethos. <laughs> um, yeah, having the right mentality, then having the passion to want to kind of do the right thing, or build the kind way we like to say yeah. uh if like if you were starting your journey into sustainable building again yes what would you tell yourself oh i get right. a haircut you <laughs> low belt <laughs> go get a job in tesco <laughs> no definitely don't get a job in tesco's i'd don't like Tesco's. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the you podcast. You can say what I um, What I would say is slow down. Um, don't try and do too much too early. Just try and specialise in a few, uh, a few skills and really get to grips with those rather than trying to learn everything all at once. I get quite excited about the prospect of lots of different materials and techniques and may have jumped across a few quite quickly rather than really specialising in one for a shorter period of time, maybe a bit more like the old-fashioned journeyman mm-hmm. um, style, really know that part of the trade, then kind of moving on and really understanding the next part. Um else would I tell myself it's a good question podcasting is my job mm. I find the good questions you do find good questions <laughs> um, 
slowing down, taking the time to learn as I go and not being afraid to ask questions. That was a big thing. I think originally you're, and especially when you start up a company, you're expected to know everything almost, or I put the pressure on myself to know that. Whereas the further I've gone on the journey, realised I don't know everything and we've created a good network of people that I can call on to ask the right questions. Yeah, that's good advice. Listen, <laughs> listen to other people. <laughs> don't let your ego get in the way. <laughs> I think the ego is definitely... Like, I always had a thing, like, just be humble. There are so many different possibilities, permuta- permutations and combinations yeah. of materials and situations that you can't know everything and if you put ego up front and you just go yeah you do it like this then you fail yeah Uh, but there are I'm just repeating what you just said there are people out there people email me loads saying you know what what should I do here earth floors how many metres can I lay in a day yeah is it is it stupid to try and lay a hundred square meters in a day yeah <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is let's do it let's do it now <laughs> yeah ego's a big one um yeah just yeah just slow it down take some advice listen to other people as well yeah just don't be afraid to ask questions um and what i found especially in the natural building world there is a people are really willing to help mm. i think because i think like we're all kind of on this journey together it's quite new to a lot of us and um, even though a lot of the techniques are quite old i kind of think this quite often we we knew how to build really well for thousands of years hit the industrial revolution and just forgot everything that we'd learned um went backwards massively so now we're all in it together just rediscovering lots of knowledge um so yeah ask questions nice. ask jeffrey mm. <laughs> ask someone less busy <laughs> I, I suppose part of that then is networking and i yeah. hate that term yeah it makes me really angry i know alex gibbons who's a friend of the podcast he said uh, of networking he says like when did making friends get called Networking, yeah, very true. Uh, and it is, it's horrific. And yeah. the very, if someone said this is a great networking event, I would just not go because I'm so socially awkward. Uh, but it is one of the best things for uh, finding those people to ask the questions is yeah. just be at events, go to Clayfest, go to Future Build, yeah, talk to ACAN. You know, find, you go to the Building Limes Forum, listen to people talk. Even if you just note down everyone that presents something. Yeah. And then you send them an email. Uh, yeah. It, it really... Yeah, it is. Networking's the... Prof- yeah, I, I haven't thought it like that. Pro- networking, it's professional term for making friends and learning stuff. Mm. Um, we can coin a new term. Yeah. What did you do when you were a kid? You just... Like, do you want to play in the sandpit with me? Yeah. <laughs> it's basically what we do now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go and just find some clay with me? Yeah. Do you want to make mud? Yeah. I said earlier on, I think, in the 
of a record um, about lots of good resources. ACAN Group got fantastic videos online. Um, yeah, uh, suppliers' websites are a wealth of information mm-hmm. as well. You can always email Sam at Kind Supply. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously listen to this podcast. Yeah, Jeffrey's podcast. Your podcast I've learned loads from. It's it's probably is like the the one source of like natural and sustainable building knowledge. It, there's had so many good guests and loads of really good in depth conversations where you've taken time to kind of peel back the skin and have a chat and just opened up different avenues and you put all the links and resources on as well so yeah your podcast is the one just listen to jeffrey's podcast (laughs) and then you can get a job in natural building (laughs) well i did (laughs) i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, thank you so much to everyone for their excellent contributions. Maybe you've listened to this episode and you've got some thoughts on how people could get into the industry. Uh, Maybe you want to share your experience. Uh, So head on over to the Building Sustainability Community. That's a Facebook group. I'll post up this episode and I'd love for people to to pile on their thoughts. Um, Make it a really useful resource. And um, and speaking of resources, uh, I am going to just chuck in loads of links in the show notes from this episode. Um, yeah, dig in. Um, and again, if you've got resources to add, please send them to me and I will pop them in. What else to say? Oh, yes. So if you are looking particularly to get into earth building, then I recommend checking out episode 33 and 34 which features four different earth building trainees perspectives on their route into earth building. What's left to say, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do share, tell everyone which of the last hundred episodes you've enjoyed the most and why that would be great. Um, I really hope that you have enjoyed this, the first hundred episodes of the building sustainability podcast. I hope there's going to be a hundred more. Um, I look forward to going on a journey of exploration and 
intrigue as we explore this stuff together. I'm pretty tired right now. Oh, that's it. I'll go to bed. Thank you, everybody. I hope that you have got as much out of this podcast as I have. I look forward to coming back with more wonderful people doing excellent things. And you are a wonderful person doing excellent things. Until next time. Bye-bye.